0: Well, everybody's heard about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling.
1: All right ladies and gentlemen. Blah, blah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gents. <coughs>
2: Excuse me.
0: Ladies and gents. Welcome to...
2: Grown men watch this shit.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we are here. Uh, we're here with uh, two dogs in the studio apartment. Yep, I thought I had to do that again after really doing that intro really bad last time. I didn't get the cadence right. didn't I, I really just there was a fuck up for all of the years that I've listened to Cockabana's podcast. So thought I'd correct that. Uh, but yeah, I got two dogs here, got a little Ziggy on my lap, and I got a jelly uh, sitting in her bed who has a broken paw right now. Uh, she's rehabbing a broken paw from when uh, I took them to a, a French festival creatively titled Le Festival over the past weekend. Uh, So I'm going to uh, paint a little picture for you. Um, Mm. I've got the dogs there at Le Festival. I've got a a tasty baguette. Uh, I've got a a (laughs) tasty, uh, like, pretzel roll gimmick thing. Uh, It it was a great – oh, I just love French food, you know. It's it's a beautiful thing. And so we're there, we're listening to some live French music, and to start it all off – they they do the French national anthem, encourage everyone to stand up. You know, so as you do, I was standing up there. I was feeling a bit of like a throwback to Lance Storm's gimmick in uh, WCW. Can uh, I be
2: serious for a moment?
0: Yeah. Um, oh, that was that wasn't even the Can I be serious for a moment? Was it? That was when he was just hardcore all all Canadian Lance Storm. Maybe oh. he still still said the Can I be serious for a moment? Yeah, I think that was so. his shtick for I think ages. So. Yeah. Yes, sir. Anyway, so I'm standing up, uh, you know, paying respects to the, the French national anthem. And what a national anthem! You know, it's just a very nice, <laughs> a very nice of piece tune. of music. Hell of a tune. Yeah, I just sometimes just listen to it for funsies, you know. It's, it's a great tune. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're, we're all standing up, paying our respects. And there's this big crash bang. And Jelly has knocked over the, the the bench that was sitting next to, her. It's like the seating bench gimmick, this big wooden, long one. And then she made a little Yip! kind of noise, and then everyone's just looking over, and I'm just like, "Oh fuck." And um, you know it looks like dogs are all all right, and then we you know get back together. So Jelly has expressed her contempt for the country that is France, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think too much of it afterwards. And then she's sort of like holding her paw We're like on a grass area. And I'm like, fuck, an ant has, like, bit her paw, which has happened before. And then, you know, I've had to, like, carry her and stuff. She, like, protects the paw a little bit, Be like, oh, there's down ants. So you wash it out, and it's all, all good. But then she's, like, really protecting his paw for the rest of the day, into the afternoon. And then I realize, fuck, what happened? Maybe that bench, like, fell on her paw. Shit. So we go to the vet the next day. Turns out, they get an x-ray, and she has, like, a two fucking broken finger bones in her paw, And I, like, made her walk all the way home from the fucking Le Festival. I felt like such a piece of shit. (laughs) Tough dog, man. Yeah, she is a tough dog. She wouldn't let you know at all. Um, But, yeah, like, fucking two grand later and, you know, all sorts of money. But this is the things that you pay for when you're a dog owner, you know?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, I... Technically, we'll have three dogs in the studio because I have Bronx sitting besides me. Uh, he had to get a, his second round of puppy shots, so he's very Aww. lethargic. Kind of kicked his ass, so I have him laying down right next to me right now. Actually, he just looked up and is staring at me because apparently he heard his name. Aww. Yeah, little
0: man, guy. we love these little guys, right? We do. We've got little Ziggy looking up at me right now while I'm giving him a pat. He's got the poo Bro-Man Bro-Man poo breath going Bro-Man on. love their dogs. Uh, oh, we do. Definitely. So that was that was my week. How about you, my friend?
2: Oh man, honestly, not much. I've just been really busy with design work. I finally right now. That's good. Have a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh I am going to soon start up that uh previously mentioned wrestling T shirt site. I think I'm gonna start off with that Terry Funk and Dory Funk shirt. See? I'm just gonna find a high res version of that picture and you know, sell that one, and I think I'm gonna put a couple things up. Uh, I want to do that rap is crap logo, oh, from WCW, because I think that'll sell really good. Yeah, but yeah, that's the next big yeah, fan of rap crap. Got some downtime, started actually doing some artwork for myself to make a little money.
0: Yeah, good stuff, man. I like it. So, we have had quite a bit of uh, news in this uh, this past week, uh, but before we get into the current news, I wanted to go into some. Old news. Old news. Old news. Uh, so my old news kick was started by uh, the other day on Twitter, I saw a GIF of one of the fucking best things I've ever seen, uh, that uh, Lacey Evans just, like, necro-butcher potatoing Becky Lynch from Raw. Did you uh, see this? Oh, uh, <laughs> beauty. It gave honestly, me... honestly. Oh. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I just, I, had
2: a, I, I think there's a possibility, a, not strong, but a slight possibility that they were in so close that the plan was for her to lay it in. I don't know about that much, uh, but it was pretty open, like, how could she fucking be super light when they're focusing directly on it, you know what I mean?
0: Well, you didn't even notice it to start with, like, in the first one, but then on the replay when they did the... the You know, back to Raw after commercial slow motion replay. That's when you were like, whoa, that was fucking awesome. She let her up. She Uh, let her up, dude. But, like, I just got so much joy out of this. And I was like, that's fucking incredible. I think the first person I saw retweeted it, like, you know, did a, a, you know, big up. Very lazy? No, no, it was like a big ups to Necro Butcher, like, in honor of Necro, kind of, how great is this? But then when I read, look, you know, clicked into it, I saw all of this fucking negativity. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? People are like actually burying Lacey and and saying she's a bad worker and blah, 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 blah. blah. And at that moment, I, I was like, man, fuck, fuck the wrestling internet. Fuck these people. Like fuck everything about this. I see someone get punched in the face for real. I think it's great. Respect to the worker, respect to the worker who had the balls to actually punch someone, respect to the person who had the balls to take that punch This is great, but, like, these fucking piece of shit, like, fans that are like, oh, look how fucking terrible she... Like, fuck off.
2: Wrestling fans, speaking for wrestlers once again, uh, similar sentiments came up with the big chair shot uh, between Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. Like, I don't need to see fucking unprotected chair shots, but if wrestlers want to do it, I... I mean, more power to them. Like, if you don't want to see that shit, you don't have to watch or you can choose a different company. But I saw wrestlers out there like, hey, fans, shut the fuck up. It's our bodies. We'll do what the fuck we want. And I even said, as much as I don't need to see it, it again, it's your guys' body. It's your bump card. You guys can choose to do how you feel. If somebody mm-hmm. wants to get decked in the jaw on Raw, let them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I And, yeah, you're right. Like, exactly – Things like that, that chair shot, and how it was the exact same thing. All of these fucking keyboard warrior like pricks, like jumping on board, being like, "Oh, we don't need this." Rah, rah. But you know that the thing that really pissed me off even more about that was the fact that it was a they they gimmick the chair right, which is yep. awesome. So that's why they did it. So in theory, it's not really a protected chair shot. But then at the fucking press conference, when like it was the young bucks right, and the young bucks, uh, yeah actually said at their own press conference that it was like a gimmick chair shot. Like
2: yeah, they go, yeah, people are thinking it's not safe, but believe me, I'm not gonna get into much detail, but it, it was safe. It's like Well that oh, yeah. that
0: was like enough of an Iggy to be like, alright, cool. But then he yeah, like exactly. went further into it and said it was actually a gimmicked they gimmicked the chair. And I word, was gimmick, Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, fuck man, like like that was where I get on my fucking, you know, Cornet High horse. And I'm like, you're fucking burying your own angle at your own pre- press conference. Like, it's one thing to, you know, to give the Iggy to Dave so that he can take the heat off in the next next newsletter, you know? It's another thing at your own fucking press conference to say, oh, it was a fake, you know, chair shot. Like, oh, that fucking And it was almost me.
2: like an apology to the fan base. It came off that way. Like, they were getting so much heat from the fans. They're like, guys, listen, we wouldn't do that
0: yeah yeah that's like that weird just that that's what I'm like wrestling is this this current twenty nineteen iteration of wrestling is weird, man. We have to apologize to the fans so the fans don't get offended by an angle like like I, then, I am all i am i
2: we watch death matches. i understand that c t e and concussions are a different scenario than light tubes and such but it, it seems weird where people draw the line like oh. I don't mind seeing this guy jump 30 feet off a thing where he can literally land on his neck and break his neck and die. I That's fine. But if he gets a chair shot to the head, I'm going to fucking stand on my soapbox and rail against his company.
0: Oh, The hypocrisy of a fuck of the chair shot thing in general. Like there's a difference between taking an unprotected, like balls Mahoney style chair shot that just like literally will, you know, fucking delete a whole bunch of brain cells versus taking, like, a a chair shot where you get, you know, like, one hand up kind of thing and uh, take a bump from it. Like, there's a a difference between that and, like, to me, like, from years in an actual wrestling ring, it's so much fucking worse in terms of, like, potential for concussions. Uh, Rather than taking a a chair shot to the head where you get a hand up, it's so much worse taking, like, certain bumps, like, certain high back bumps, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the Alabama slam is like one of the fucking worst moves you can take because it's like such a fast snapback and it's really hard to be able to, to break your fall with the momentum that is coming down on the, the back of your head. Um, like, so that is like a move to me where, uh, Alabama slam bump is so much worse than a chair shot to the head. And people don't think about that. Yeah. And like other moves like that, like I, I got like a real bad concussion from when I took, like, a a code red, like, and that's such a simple move, but, like, the way you're throwing yourself backwards, and the potential for the back of your head to slam against the mat, and you're not, like, bumping properly, because you're trying to make the move look good, like, again, that probably more dangerous than most chair shots, like, it's just, like, so weird and hypocritical, where, like, wrestling fans are, like, oh, just chair shots are the stigma, because I'm, like, I'm all for anything that, like, prevents, CTE because I like that's pretty close to my heart and obviously like I stopped wrestling because of the fucking concussions but like it's just something about like fans who've never been in a wrestling ring making these calls on what wrestlers should and shouldn't be doing that really irks me yeah I mean
2: again I I did mention on Twitter how I don't need to see it but again I don't care if they want to do it it's it's literally, these people are killing themselves for me. Where am I to put stipulation on where I want to draw the line, what they do to their bodies?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, like, another, the, going down that same road, all of the outrage... Did you see much of the outrage after that, that Naito-Abushi match from Dominion?
2: Uh, Actually, I did it with that hair, the head fucking, the suplex spot on the apron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually... I didn't really care. I assumed people were griping, but what the fuck? What'd they say?
0: Well, like, in the, the, Dave didn't even give it, like, a star rating in the Observer because it was, like, oh, such really? a thing. And, like, people were saying about how it was a great match, but they just, it was ruined for them because of this spot, you know? And, like, hmm. just the idea, to me, of wrestling fans, again, who've never actually been in a wrestling ring or taken a bump in their life, being offended by like this this bump that these dudes are taking, are taking, and and that that bump reducing their enjoyment of a match or taking them out of the match, like I just that irked me so fucking bad, man. Like it was it was just five stars, bizarre. but then they, they had to do that, you know. I, I don't need to see it. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, everyone was just like oh, it's just way too dangerous. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, who the fuck are you to say whether it's dangerous or not? Like. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I hate the idea of, you know, the, the kind of wrestlers that will be like, oh, you can't take any form of criticism from someone who's never been in a wrestling ring. Because that's fucked up. Like, you know. Um... Well, yeah.
2: It's like people who, people who don't cook know how good food should taste.
0: Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, if, if you haven't actually had experience in a ring, you don't have the right to uh, make, like, a, a moral judgment on what's safe and what isn't safe. At least in my book. No, I agree. Yeah, so that was that was the big thing that irking me. This whole thing of like fans, kind of like fans, being like somehow making out that like wrestling matches aren't as good, or like making these moral judgments of like people not being good wrestlers because shit is too stiff. It's like have these people ever seen shoot star wrestling? Like I don't think these people have watched much UWFi or Battle Arts or anything. Jeez.
2: I love my fighting predetermined. Not when people really get hurt.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's weird that I think that's almost like a thing that's like a a, a modern American wrestling thing because it's definitely not that way in Japan. Um, and like Mexico is a very different as well. But it's like almost a thing to where a lot of your your type of people, I guess more like people that are more accustomed to like WWE style wrestling, it's like, we don't want the wrestling to look like it actually hurts. Like, Isn't that like the base base (laughs) thing of what professional wrestling is? You're trying to make things look like they really hurt when they actually don't?
2: Yeah, anytime I was watching wrestling as a kid and anybody who walked in the room didn't like wrestling, they would say, that doesn't look like it hurt.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hilarious! Um, mm. I guess that kind of like brings me on to a, a match that uh, that we watched most recently uh, from a Sendai Girls show. Sendai Girls had a, a big show uh, recently. Uh, funnily enough, it was actually called. Uh, let me. Big read. show in Nagata. Yeah, yeah, big show in Nagata. <laughs> <laughs> so this this took place last month um, on the the eighth. Um from uh, Nagata and it was such a great show. I watched this show from start to finish. I don't normally do that. I'm normally more like cherry pick when it comes to my Joshi wrestling. But I was like, I'm just gonna watch this whole card. Uh did did what did what did you watch from this show, sir? I watched the whole show as well. I didn't I was also doing art, so I
2: wasn't directly being super engaged to every match, definitely toward the later end of the card. Yep. Uh but Overall, the whole show was great. Uh, we talked about it uh, before we got on the show about how there's just all these, you know, great Joshi wrestling. And then we had this really weird, quirky comedy match in the middle of the show. And <laughs> with the language barrier,
0: I had no idea what was going on, but I loved every second of it, dude. It was a, bam- a bamboo dumpling scramble match, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah, it looked like the roof was, like, lined with, like, bats
2: up there that everyone was afraid of, or the two members of the show, the match were afraid of. Uh, one girl was a zombie that was invited to eat some food, apparently as some sort of offering so they wouldn't fight, and I was seriously engaged the entire time, and I love the fact that it clearly was a lot of comedy, because when the Japanese crowd just starts cracking up for all these things they did... it, it you, you get you get so engaged, it's so ridiculous, even without uh knowing the language.
0: Yeah, it was kinda great, like I mean I was watching this and I was like to start with, I was like, This is r- bizarre. And then I was like, This is fucking terrible and I'm like, Wait, no, this is great and I just kinda <laughs> like went I was going back and forth between the two. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it, it like was like at the very the end when they're trying to she's trying to get the power bomb spot from the corner, like oh, trying to pick it, her up. It but, wasn't working. And everyone's like laughing, it wasn't working and they eventually like gets her halfway to the ring and then they drops her at the fucking finish.
0: I was like, that was great, so good. And like they couldn't reach the dumplings that they were trying to get off the thing, and then they like lowered them down, like lower, <laughs> so they could reach them.
2: Or like when she comes up, comes up behind her and has her hands on their shoulder, they're pretending like she has no idea where she is. Like, where did she go?
0: Yeah, like I'm trying to. Uh, I wanted to try to paint a picture for you, listeners on, like, what this match was, but it's, it was so bizarre, There was, yeah, like, one real scary ghost kind of woman, uh, named Aiga, uh, another, like, really happy-go-lucky, uh, woman, uh, called Sakura Hiroda, and uh, above the ring, there's, like, a crisscross, almost like an Ultimate X Cables type of deal, but they have these, like, green, I thought they were, like, fruit, some sort of fruit in these little, like, Things that makes They're... more sense than bats, all they seem to be afraid of them, yeah. They were afraid, <laughs> but they were, yeah, lining across the top of the ring. And they started the match by you have scary as shit, Iger, just like so stoic and still. And then, uh, Hiroda goes over, grabs one of these, like which I guess a dumplings in some sort of leaves, like it's some sort mm-hmm. of tasty Japanese treat. And she just goes over and kind of like feeds it to. Iga, <laughs> and to start with Iger's not impressed but then she's like actually this is quite delicious and then she's like yeah. alright give me another one <laughs> and then made that a whole spot and I was then, cracking up dude Yeah, and then she's just like tormented by all of these above her and she's like I need more and she's just trying to get them it was a bizarre spectacle but it was kind of great because people think of Sendai Girls and they think of it as kind of like the crazy you know hard hitting real realistic style wrestling and you definitely got that I mean, that's kind of like continuing what we were talking about before. It's like very much some of these matches, people were beating the fucking shit out of each other, and I loved it. But, like, then you get, like, the variety in this show was amazing, because you get just, like, a ridiculous comedy match on the the first half of the card as well. I thought this was tremendous. Uh, They had the opener, which was a, a junior title match, so... Uh I guess as far as my knowledge of Japanese wrestling previously like I imagined juniors like junior heavyweight kind of thing no this was juniors of like 15 year old girls wrestling one another which I've always thought like there's some other promotions in Japan I think like Ice Ribbon and stuff to where they they specialize in only having like underage girls wrestle which it's kind of weird like as like, yeah. a western that like, kind of thing I'm like that's don't know if I'm all about that, hey. So I've never really got <laughs> into too much ice ribbon, but this match was yeah, two like 40 year old girls against one another. I'm like, oh, let's let's see what they got, you know? Let's just let's just give it a shot here. And these girls were awesome. It was uh, Minami versus Makoto Shindo, and I, as soon as I was watching this, I think I messaged you right away, and I'm like, these like. Fifteen-year-old girls uh, already have like better fundamentals than like pretty much every uh, independent woman wrestler in America right now. Like they yeah. were great, technically sound. Uh,
2: their look reminded me of like uh, early uh, all Japan women, where they were yeah. just like really stripped out, like not stripped down, but their the gear <laughs> was just like essentially bathing suits uh, and. Not anything super flashy, whereas, like, you know, as you go on, you add more accoutrement to your gear. Very much like like sort of amateur wrestling
0: outfits type of thing.
2: You got it. And, uh, yeah, both girls are really technically sound. The one girl, uh, I think the one with, like, more – I forget what she was wearing, but her teeth a little bit more jacked up. Like, she just seemed, like, really stiff and brutal. But knowing that these girls are only 15 was shocker because I had to remember that. I was watching it, and then I go, holy – He said there was girls who wrestled the show that were 15. Was that that match? I was blown away.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I... Yeah, and and these girls have only been wrestling for like a year. Like, Minami's only been wrestling for one year. That's insane. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, they were awesome. I was so... Actually, Minami is 14 years old. Good lord. Shit. And uh, Makoto Shindo is... Oh, Shindo is actually 18 years old. So there we go. We split the difference, but she's got less than a year experience in the ring. So, man, I, I just was like, how, this is just like a testament to how good the training is with Sendai girls. Um, and how good, you know, I'm assuming most of it comes from Meiko Satomura. Uh, but damn, they have some awesome wrestlers coming up and, uh, that was kind of comes into a current thing. We saw, of all people, uh, someone from WWE go over and train with Sendai Girls this week.
2: Yeah, it was announced that Sasha Banks is over there. I was shocked, honestly. Like,
0: I saw this. Song, the thing, um, that, the thing that you mentioned, Instagram.
2: The thing that you mentioned, like WWE is probably not too fond of her going to get the, the polish somewhere else.
0: Yeah, the fact that, like, how how much of a diss on the WWE Developmental, which is meant to be, you know, best in the world, and they invest millions of dollars into it and shit, have all these fancy rings and, you know, some of the greatest trainers of all time, uh, you know, like Johnny Saint uh, training there, and yet they're so fundamentally flawed because of their perception and, and limited perception of what professional wrestling can be, that you have one of the top women wrestlers, Sasha Banks, uh, decides she has to go over to Japan to sendo girls to actually, you know, get better. Yeah, all, all
2: I can think about is what is she gonna do over there? Just go over there and get ragdolled for these girls? Like, she's not gonna get any more effective strike. Like, I I hate to say it, I'm not uh, the biggest fan of Sasha. I like her character. I've never been ring, that much of a fan of her work. Um, yeah, her in ring, it just comes off as her playing wrestler. Like, yeah, and she ends up being too sloppy because she's trying to work outside of her skill range.
0: Well, that's where I think this is fantastic because all of the things that I'm not a fan of Sasha Banks for are the things that I love Sendo Girls for. Um, you know, doing the little things, like making making everything look like it's an actual fight, you know, just the, the actual extra oomph behind the strikes to where you look like you're not afraid to hit someone. You know, that if she yeah. can get a bit more of that, then I, I think I could get on board with... Um, with Sasha Banks but I was such a fan of the the, the write up that I read about this she went over there completely on her own dollar she flew herself to Japan she like just went to a show after like working it out on Google Maps where this show was uh, of, of Sendai Girls and then she looked up where the dojo was and, and got in touch with Meiko Satomura and came out and, and actually trained with them for a day and apparently Satomura said she, went, she did real good that's awesome uh, this is so good <laughs> um,
2: I was, I was like, wow, like literally, someone who I don't care for getting a polish in a company that I'm become such a huge fan of.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Almost like, did she do it as well? Like, she gives no fucks at all at the moment to to get heat with the office. Like, she's just going to do what she wants until she could finally get out of this contract kind of thing. Hey, well, I wouldn't be surprised. This day and age, what people are doing, even
2: being employed in the WWE, making the decision to leave or. Finding a way out of their contract wouldn't
0: be a shocker. Let's hope she eventually gets out of it, if that's what she wants, and's not going to be you know on the shelf from injury for like the next five years that they're going to make her stay under contract. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it will be interesting to see how that goes into the future. But back to this show. Uh, the next next match I was not very much a fan of. <laughs> this was a six woman tag uh, with Hikaru Shida, who I'm actually a big fan of. Um Hian uh May Shuruga versus Alex Lee, who I have actually known in person um previously. Uh Heidi Katrina and Kahoru. Uh I did not like this match at all. What did you think?
2: Um it was one of the ones where I was still doing a lot of drawing, but
0: every time I looked up, it just seemed to be
2: them doing a lot of shit that didn't seem to make any sense and didn't be strung together very well at all. Like Someone just gets some shit in for a while and tag another person in. Uh, I, yeah, it wasn't the greatest. It probably was the worst Sendai Girls match I've seen since I
0: started watching this. Because <laughs> we generally watch just the good shit, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> but, I mean, that kind of says to me, like, no matter what promotion you're watching, and and people like all the time point out the worst of a promotion. Like, oh, this promotion sucks because they're just focusing on it. And them. if you
2: like just st- girls stiff-shotting the shit out of each other, it's still fun to watch. But if yeah. you're trying to watch like a good, enjoyable wrestling match, you know, it leaves something to be desired.
0: But I mean, it, even the best promotions in the world, in any promotion, they're not going to be having fire every single match. Like whether you're talking about AEW, there were some real duds on that last show. Or like, well, like
2: we're talking, or sorry, it's not to no, no. give a nod for an interview later. As we were talking about with RJ, like not every match in the show can be high pace.
0: Some things have to, you know, be a little lower paced or something to bring the people down. Yeah, and like from from knowing a little bit about wrestling, you've got to have somewhere on the card where you put your your mates who are really good people, but maybe not necessarily the best wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> good call. <laughs> So yeah, like any, every show has got to have some filler, and this match was the filler, <laughs> but I don't offend anyone by saying that. Um, yeah, I used to actually know Alex Lee. She's an Australian um, who went over, do you remember Lance Storm's World of Hurt reality TV show?
2: I never watched it, but I heard about it.
0: Yeah, so she trained with Lance Storm. And then he had like a reality show, which was fucking incredible, honestly. If you would need to actually go back and rewatch this, because it was hilarious and it was great. That's where um, uh, the the French stallion uh, came from, who was in WWE for a while in developmental. Was kind of one of the only like current French wrestlers doing much. But uh, Tom LaRoufa. Uh, but yeah, Alex Lee was on the show, and the highlight of the whole series was they were doing um like flip bump training
1: which is like one of the most
0: basic things you can possibly do when you're learning your bumps in professional wrestling you know you, you'll do a, a back bump uh you'll do like a three-quarter bump, bump you'll do a, a face bump and then you do a flip bump it's very simple it's kind of like you know uh, in gymnastics the first thing you learn is like a tumble so play, sure. you're just going forward and doing a bump when you when you do the flip and Alex Lee did this and somehow managed to be so uncoordinated that she spiked herself on her head from a flip Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, everyone is just half concerned, half, like, laughing, and then they gave her shit through the whole rest of the show for it of, like, oh, man, it was it was amazing to watch. But, yeah, then she came back to Australia, and that's where I, I knew her a little bit, because we were on similar shows together. Um, and, yeah, she was... I guess the big thing was like how did she train with Lance Storm and be this bad kind of thing. Um, and yeah, then next thing we know she's Oh, there was actually one show that I was on where I did like a real comedy gimmick kind of match uh with a, a good friend of mine uh Matt Matt Allen and we we did it. It was like a a the a gig kind of show. Um there was like there was regurgitated which is a big band over here they were in it uh, in the, the headline spot and then we had like a wrestling show supporting them so it's basically like one of those shows kind of like for casual fans and stuff so we did this comedy match that was like uh, basically all of the things of fortitude valley where this is kind of like the the shithole club club area of brisbane and so it was like uh, what was it? it was like chinese food uh kebabs and sex toys street fight What's <laughs> the match? And, and to to Matt Allen's credit, he actually legitimately got the match sponsored by um, Naughty But Nice, which is one of the sex shops in the valley. So they like gave Smart. us all of these like sex toys to use as gimmicks and in, in, in the for spots in the match. And yeah, this is probably some would say the greatest match I ever had. And the whole crowd fucking (laughs) loved it. We just had so many ridiculous spots. We had, like, his valet as, like, a blow-up doll. So we, like, came out, and he had, like, the blow-up doll, and she had, like, an outfit on, and he was, like, getting her to give him a kiss before the match and shit. And then, yeah, I gave her a pile driver. He was just shook up by that. Yeah. And, yeah, we did other spots. Like, I, I hit him with a kebab, and it, like, exploded everywhere, and... He, he put on, like, a strap-on um, and, and went to, like, jump off of the top rope on me. And then I moved out of the way. And then he just, like, landed with the strap-on, like, in the middle of the <laughs> ring. <laughs> yeah, a lot of ridiculous shit. But it, it was fun for what it was. But then I got, like, so much heat from... Everyone thought it was great. Except Alex Lee just fucking buried it. And she was, like, got real dirty. And I was like, I thought you were, you were my friend. And then you're just, like, burying this match, you jerk. Um, what'd she say? Oh, she was just like, you know, I think she had that very Lance storm mentality of, of what wrestling should be kind of thing. Ah, too silly. Yeah. It's too, too much nonsense. It's somehow, I don't know if like the sex stuff, like the sexual innuendo of it offended her in some way. I'm not sure, but yeah, I didn't really speak to her much after that. Uh, but then next thing we know, she'd moved to Japan and she's working for like Japanese women's groups. And, yeah, it it's great. I'm really happy that she's like living over there and and doing well. And her wrestling has gotten significantly better from watching this match. But I don't know, this this thing still wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, but anyway, on to our next match. This is where shit got good. I was really excited for this match, and I think you were as well when we were looking at this card, right?
2: Oh, uh, Miko and versus uh, or Miko and her partner versus Aja and her partner.
0: Yeah, yeah, Miko Satomura yeah. and Mika Iwata against Aja Kong and you. Damn, I love this match.
2: I was a big fan myself. Uh, Aja Kong still fucking has it. Uh, she did a spike pile driver, which looked amazing, but also somehow looked actually pretty safe. I don't know how that managed to work out, but she's Aja Kong, so she can do that shit. But yeah. Her chops uh, as
0: well. Just even her chops were stiff amazing. Stiff as fuck.
2: The slaps and shit. Like, when she first gets in the ring and that one girl, like, kicks her, then she just slaps her and knocks her the fuck down. And the girl, like, literally dies and she, like, goes stiff and falls down. Like, yeah, that's fucking wrestling, man.
0: So great. How incredible is it that, um... That Aja Kong, probably in like a late 40s, is still like comes across such a badass that I would not want to fuck with in any way.
2: Hell yeah. No, no, sir. No, thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, uh, I just can't put over Miko enough. She's the, you know, the final boss, as far as I can tell, uh, in Sendai Girl. She's just a badass. And that handspring or the, uh, the handspring knee drop that she does is so fucking brutal and when she did it the first time or the second time and missed completely, it looked like she actually twerked her knee or she's just incredibly good at selling.
0: Yeah, one of the two. Five. Yeah. Damn, that was awesome.
2: What's going on over there?
0: I'm um trying to plug my uh phone which I'm tethering the internet off of uh up to the computer cuz it's on 1% charge. So Oh, goodness. The the health of our podcast is really well in the balance right now. Anyway, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have one more ma- or two more matches to talk about. We could skip to the main event. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's plugged up. We're we're fine. All right. Um, but yeah, I just the, it's not necessarily just the brutality because it's like I've gotten, you know, to where I'm not just looking to watch like, people murder one another, but, like, just the overall everything about this, that people played their roles great, like, I'm a big fan of you, um, in in the same way that I'm a big fan of, like, Chihiro Hashimoto, who we'll talk about a little bit later, in terms of just being, like, a a big, like, like, power lifter looking kind of girl who really lays her shit in, and looks strong, and, like, awesome chops, um, Meko Satamura's tag partner, Miki Iwata, who I hadn't seen too much of before, really... She just took a tremendous amount of punishment and just kept going. Like, there was a bit, I think, where um, was it Aja Kong who just like did a, a double clothesline and just like close like right in the fucking face and she just Hell kept yeah. going? Oh. And then and yeah. at the end of
2: the match, the uh, Miko, like, it seemed as far as I could tell, appeared to be putting her over big as far as like a, a future championship contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She
0: really put her over. She did like a promo after the match about how much she thinks that um, Iwata, like from what I gathered, uh, is like ready for that main event level and, and really put her over strong. So that was great. The other thing I really yeah. loved about this match was the, all of the interactions between Aja Kong and Meiko Satomura based off of their epic feud that they've had one another, with one another over the years. But just every moment they were in the ring together was just magic in my mind.
1: Oh,
2: oh, it's magic,
0: yeah, there's a spot where um it was it it was Aja Kong that was coming off the top, and then um Sadamura puts her, her feet up and basically does like a reverse double stomp from the bottom, and then like Kong just like almost, oh my gosh, that was you know the spot I was talking about, yes sir yeah how can you better? audibly illustrate this than what i did i don't think i did a very good job for our listeners there (laughs) (laughs) um i'm not
2: sure (laughs) put me on the spot she devastated her man like i've seen people do that as a response to like somebody doing a dive or anything
0: and if you land it right like you kicked him in the right way it can launch somebody. It's fucking yeah. stiff
2: and brutal every time.
0: It's almost like what you expect the spot to be, is like the one we've seen like in every match in the eighties to where it's like someone's going off the top rope for a move and then the dude like puts the one foot up and then like it's like a Rick Rude kind of spot, right? Or like a Randy Savage where they'll they'll then like take a, a their their head on the the raised leg and they'll like yeah. take a bump off of it. And it's, you yep. know, safe as shit, but it, it looks good. You don't expect them to put the leg up and it's just a classic spot. This is like that, but in a way to where you can rupture some bodily kick. organs. Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> rabbit kick straight to the sternum. <laughs> yeah, just put both feet up and their, their body just, like, lands on both of your feet and then keep them straight and just launch them across the ring. My gosh, this is tremendous. yeah man
2: uh i was definitely captivated more i made sure to put my tablet down while watching this match because i am a big fan of aja and yeah miko has been every show i've seen her on is just a fucking kick-ass like badass like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm surprised she hasn't made her way over to the wwe i know she's older but still like well she she was in
0: that women's tournament that most recent one Last yeah year, i know I but i remember like on a
2: more permanent basis like even right though she was like well i'm sure in...
0: that they offered her a spot in the um performance center uh but she would have said no because she's got her own stuff to, to look out for with her own promotion back home like yeah, it would it, be no no doubt to me that she's the type of woman that they'd want to lock up uh like they did with um sarah, Stock, sarah. dark angel yeah or from from CMLL or uh, other Sarah um, from Chicago. Del Rey, yeah yeah Sarah Del Rey, isn't it just amazing that like two of the greatest women's wrestlers in modern history in uh, Dark Angel and Sarah Del Rey are uh, work for that company, but we haven't seen either of them wrestle. Like <laughs> that's insanity. Yeah, ridiculous. But uh, to uh, not digress too much, uh, let's. Get on to the, the semi main here. We had um, Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie from uh, from the, the UK scene. Who I'd seen a bit of Millie McKenzie before, um, mainly in like working with guys in like um, Riptide wrestling, and she's like great. She has a lot of fire and she's just like that classic like you know small girl who's like getting beat up by the jerk guys, but just like fuck you, and she's not going to take it kind of thing. And everyone gets behind little Millie McKenzie. Um, but we saw a very different side of her on this show. Um, because they were working against uh, one of the top um, tag teams in all of Joshi Wrestling. In uh, Dash Chisako and Hiroyo Matsumoto. And I had, I guess I had low expectations for this match. Because most of the Joshi matches where I've seen like the Joshi girls working with like the Gaijin kind of girls. Like, it's just impossible to expect that that standard of, like, Joshi wrestling out of the Gaijin girls. But, mm. holy shit, I felt bad for, like, underestimating this match because I really enjoyed it.
2: I was a big fan of myself. I like uh, Charlie quite a bit. I've seen her before on another show we watched. Uh, I'm not sure what it was. But I'm a big fan of her. Like, she's like a fireplug. Uh, she's little, but she, like... When the smaller girls like Alexa Bliss or Sasha Strike, they don't look like they're following through. I mm-hmm. didn't get that that feeling with Charlie. Um, I was so impressed. Yeah, the story itself seemed like that. Even the the champions were not taking them, those ladies too seriously, yep. and were just beating the tar out of both of them for the majority of the match.
0: Yeah, and even like in the, the sort of hype video before the match, like you got the impression that they weren't taking these girls all that serious. But the story of the match, I guess, was um, uh, Millie and Charlie, like, really showing that they're they're not to be fucked with. Yeah, they're tough. It was a great story. Like, just the exchange. I mean, to start with, I was just wowed by this, like, tough presentation of Millie McKenzie. Like just watching her in those intergender matches and expecting, you know, little little Millie, and then you get this like badass Millie that's just throwing fucking bombs and not taking shit. Like those uh, strike exchanges where there was like, um, you know, like those sort of no cell responses, and then the people follow up with them, um, and a lot of the time you'll see guys in wrestlers kind of get a bit, um, a bit weirded out by that in their response, like that that sort of no-sell and then, like, that, oh, are you going to go? Am I going to go kind of thing? But in, like, most Japanese matches, it's just, like, a you get that, but then it's just, who's going to be Auto able fire. to strike first? Yeah. And Millie yeah. had that exact same, like, Japanese mentality response to that, which I really dug, and, like, those kind of, like, Oh, you're not gonna take this fucking then take this, this and this kind of thing. Like I, I really got into it, and then Charlie as well. Like she, she impressed me a lot with a kicks and and a similar kind of like fire. So I was, I was wowed by these girls, and I'm, I'm really excited to watch a bit more of the Mendoza girls going forward.
2: Yeah, especially you know since they did walk out the champions. Uh, I, I upset. was really impressed. Huh? A bit of an upset, I would say. Oh, indeed. I think that was why they were. Putting the story that way, because like clearly the next story back is like, we're not going to underestimate him next time. Mm. But I, I, you were talking about Millie. I really, the fire up moments, like when she's getting her ass kicked and just like screams and the yeah. look on her face. Like she has that, I guess they call fighting spirit directly in the face or you could see it.
0: Like the way she was even just like little things like laying in those like repeated back clubs on those like fire ups. It was like, whoa, mm. this is a moment right here.
2: Yeah, and she's not, like, a big girl. Like, she's she's skinny, but definitely t- taller than him. And she's, like, using literally every ounce of her weight when she's laying into him.
0: Yeah, so great. And, and again, like, Dash Chisako and um, Hiroyo Matsumoto, like, I know how good they are, but they're the kind of, like, team where they're that good to where you're still wowed by just how good they actually are.
2: Some of the cool double teams are, like, when they would just, you know take advantage of the two girls it was fun joshi wrestling is awesome because of how fucking realistic it is and at the point you're like jesus christ ladies you don't need to kill yourself but it's
0: (laughs) it's so fucking fun to watch you don't need to but i'll appreciate it when you do (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) and uh I, i always love um dash chisako's um Frog Splash. I reckon that's one of my favourite Frog Splashes going today. Just like, full on like D'Lo Brown style. Hell yeah. Yeah, Art Bar would be proud of that shit. Loved it. And then we get into the main event. The match that had some um, build up based off of the previous Sendai Girls that we've watched. We watched their their previous match uh, where uh, Siri got close but didn't get the big win and then we saw um... We saw Chihiro Hashimoto's uh, title defense against Jordan Grace. We saw Ceri's awesome, awesome match against Meiko SadaMura that we talked about oh, on the shit. show. And then now we get here. This is uh, Ceri's uh, finally gotten, gotten back and another shot, another opportunity at the title after she's also won the, the title over at Diana uh, from none other than Aja fucking Kong. Man, I've been trying to track that show down just so I can watch that match, but it doesn't appear like it's anywhere on the internet. It's bugging the shit out of me. I need to see that match in my life. I do. Yeah, but so we finally get the rematch of Suri of and uh, Chihiro Hashimoto, and dang, this did not disappoint, hey.
2: obviously, I liked the first one so much, I didn't even think this could even compare. Dude. I was fucking wrong. I think it I, This it. was... F- 100%. The one sequence where Sari uh, was doing either drop kicks or double stomps for, I'd say, at least a good two minutes. Like, double stomp, double stomp, double stomp, and then knocked her outside with a big drop kick through the ropes. Then jumped off the fucking apron to double stomp again. Like, just nailing the shit out of Hashimoto. I fucking
0: love that sequence. So good, man. I reckon Suri is like the top women's wrestler in the world right now. Hey, like for a long time, I've thought that was Meiko Moro, but like, I think that the torch has been passed at this stage. I was so sad. Just, did you see that picture of fucking, uh, triple H posing with Suri? Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it's awesome, but it made me so fucking sad. It, like broke my heart. They're going to take away our Suri? no, <laughs>
2: and she uh, honestly doesn't come off like she's plain actor like no. she's not playing Like when she gets punched in the face and turns around like the look on her face is like bitch you did not just punch me in the face
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i mean yes 100 oh just the little things like it feels like you you are watching an actual struggle an actual fight and and Last time I remember with the Jordan Grace um, match with uh, with Hashimoto, I, I in my mind I built it up. It's like this awesome. This is like the female version of like like Gary Albright versus Scott Fucking Steiner. And I, I think I had too much built it up in my mind, kind of thing. Uh, but now watching this other Hashimoto match, I'm like, no, I think I was pretty spot on in um, in Hashimoto being current day female Gary Albright.
2: But she's the one that I think I, maybe it's because the language barrier, but I would, I'm shocked that Triple H is not interested in her because she is a fucking badass, like a powerhouse,
0: mm-hmm. uh, everything looks crisp as fuck. And you can see boy, like the actual proper, like amateur wrestling background, like that legitimate background as well with a lot of the stuff she does too. And the
2: cardio, the chick does not blow up. Mm hmm.
0: So good. And, and she's got like a, a fire and like a, a charisma with the crowd as well to where it's like you have the actual amazing wrestling, but she, she connects as well, which I really like. And like there's a reason why she's been the ace of, um, of Sendo Girls for like the last year. Like She's awesome. Um, everyone should go out of their way as well to see the, the match uh, way back. I think it was maybe last year between um, Jihiro Hashimoto and Meiko Satomura. That That thing was awesome as well. But, yeah, but this match, just, like, so much fire and hate. And it was it was title versus title as well. It was um, the Diana World title that, that Sari brought into the match against the title of Jihiro Hashimoto, of uh, the Sendo Girls. And oh, just everything about this, once it got into that gear, and, like, the slaps and the... Courtney was actually watching the second half of this match with me, and there was so multiple moments where she was just like, ooh... Kind of thing, like that you know? one
2: sequence where they both did Germans and uh Siri couldn't get the second one, uh, and then the huge, like almost like an avalanche style fucking German by How uh, great of a visual Hashimoto. was it
0: when um Sari hit the the bridging German on fucking Hashimoto. <laughs> fucking
2: awesome. Oh. The fact that she actually can pull that off, I, I mean everyone knows wrestling's a work, but it still didn't look like it was too much uh help from hey, a
0: proper bridging german suplex like that i can tell you 100 percent from a little bit of wrestling experience that more than most moves a proper bridging german suplex is pretty much all on the person who is giving it and or if anything all the person that's taking it is doing is given a little bit of a jump but it's all on the the form Yeah, you can't sand that well yeah it, but it's all on like the form and like the, the quality of the bridge and the strength of the bridge of the person who's delivering it. So it's that's I'm just putting over Suri for in as always being fantastic. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't think we everyone, uh, anyone's gonna doubt our love for Suri.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. And then what, how about those, those fucking urinagis? Making Hase proud over oh, here. Oh, over the head? Oh, and where she's just dropping her, like, the on the one. neck. Oh. Yeah,
2: the, she literally landed on her head on that last one. I was like, ooh, that fucking gnarly dude.
0: Yeah, Courtney had the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I'm sitting here
2: watching it alone. Like, I want to turn to somebody and, like, go, do you, do you see that? She dropped her on her fucking head.
0: <laughs> Man, it'll be tough for anyone to top this in terms of, like, like, to me, this is like my, my women's match of the year kind of thing right now. I'm, I mean, I, I probably it's toss up between that and the Suri Meko Satamura match, but holy shit, more people need to be watching Sendai Girls. Yeah, I,
2: honestly, my. I'd have to agree with you, not even necessarily just because those are so amazing. I, just the amount of women's wrestling I get to watch is very slim. So. Easily with Sendai Girls. When I'm watching mostly WWE, it's no contention. Like, they're fucking the best.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, um, I'm i really hoping I get to go to a Sendai Girls show when I go to Japan. I so saw there was um, one while I'll be over there at uh, Korokan Hall. So, let's see. Let's hope that uh, timing works out right and I can make it. That would be pretty special. Lucky. Yeah. All right, so we're getting towards the uh tail end here. We'll be getting to our interview with uh one RJ City. Uh, Finally, I did it, you guys. We got him on the show. We got him. We got him. I I hope it I hope it works out. We don't have any technical issues. Um
2: to be <laughs> honest, we there are some technical difficulties. <laughs> so there's parts in the show where we have to restart and it cuts out, but I think if you listen to the bits of audio that actually come through clearly, you should be able to decipher the general <laughs> message of the segment. But I think we did. There were times where we actually got to talk to him for a good amount, and it wasn't too terrible. But yeah, yeah, RJ City, hilarious guy. Uh, more people should be familiar with his work, not just for wrestling, but in in comedies, an actor, a true Renaissance man.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, um, we're talking about an interview that we've already done, guys. So let's. <laughs> I always feel weird about let like, the breaking kayfabe of yeah. uh, the time of the the show, but we have already done this this interview. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it it will be great when we talk to him in the next coming moments. Of uh, listen out for for his um, old Hollywood kind of uh, knowledge. He, I, I'm a big fan of that stuff, and and it's it's really cool to hear. Um, Others with a bit of a a unique passion these days, you know.
2: He's a throwback while being in the modern age.
0: He is, he is. Um, So uh, just before we we get to that, there was one other match that uh, we watched in the lead up to this show, wasn't there, sir? Oh, man. Are you talking about the black and white match? (laughs) We did indeed. Watch a black and white uh, match and not in, not in a race it. way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Rather than touch that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Renee, go again. I can't. I don't want to brutalize his last name.
0: Uh, Renee Ben Shemul. So that's uh, Renee with that little accent gimmick. Uh, ben and then Shemul. C H E M O U L. Versus one Gilbert. CESCA, Uh, so C-E-S-C-A. Now, this actually, I watched this after going to said French festival, because I was like, I've heard that France actually has a a great professional wrestling history, but haven't actually seen that much of the matches, you know, apart from like that gif of all of the dudes jumping off of the springboards going into the (laughs) room. You seen that one? Yeah, wacky shit, wacky shit. But, and then I went to the, the Wikipedia to, to read a bit about who the top stars were and things like that. There's not even a fucking English language Wikipedia history page on the history of, of French wrestling, which I was like, what? Same. And then I was just trying to look into it, and it was really hard to actually find out much about it at all. So I this is something I want to do a bit more of a deep dive into. Maybe maybe we could talk to Mr. Pat Laprade. Prade. I wonder if his knowledge of um French wrestling goes beyond just um French Canadian wrestling. Yeah. Any either way, I have another guy actually who's is French um Hal, so maybe I'll I'll check in with him. But anyway, this was the first thing that popped up on YouTube when I searched like, you know, French professional wrestling. And yeah, holy shit, I just like this is like a thirty minute match, right? And I yep. was just like, I'm just going to watch this on a whim because I just want to see what's up, you know? And I didn't know either guy. And this match turned, I can't even find an actual proper date for it. But from what my research is, it appears that it's from the early sixties. And, uh, these guys, uh, Ben Shemul and, um, Gilbert Seska were actually a, a famous tag team as well. Um, for, for quite a few years. And, and, um, Rene Benchamul actually was a huge star in uh, French professional wrestling as well uh, over many years. Um, he was actually, like, imprisoned by, like, fucking Nazis uh, in, in World War II, like, when um, the, the occupation was in, in town, and he was, like, in Nazi jail for, like, two years. And then, like... Yeah, got out. And this is, like, all from reading, like, actual French articles, trans- Google translated from when he died. But just crazy interesting stuff. And then him and um and Seska uh, became a, a tag team. I don't know whether this is a match, like, before their tag team run or after. But these guys, like, knew one another, like, so well in that ring. And, man, I was just wowed from start to finish. My my jaw dropped even before we got to just the insane ahead-of-their-time spots. So I was just like, just the quality of the work is is fantastic, you know.
2: Yeah, dude. Nice and snug. Everything looked crisp. Um, And when you talked to me about it, you said literally it has everything, and you didn't want to spoil it to me. Uh, Did have everything. Like there was, (laughs) there were fucking planches to the outside. Um, There was some little bit of comedy because all right. So during the match, both guys take a fucking bump, stumble out to the outside, and pretty gnarly bumps to like. There's no padding out there, so it's pretty impressive for the time. And then there's a third spot where it almost happens again to both of them. And they mm. stop and like shake each other's hands. say, like, all right, we don't need to have neither <laughs> of us have to go through that again. Yeah. I popped so hard on that part, dude.
0: And like the bit where, because uh, Shamul takes the first big bump to the outside. And it was a real yeah. nasty looking hard floor bump. And then they just worked the shit out of that. Like in the next while, like Seska just worked the shit out of his back. And, and like they really like told her, like just a great job of working a body part. It. it was like uh high spot
2: rest hold high spot rest hold high spot rest hold but it was like the perfect pacing
0: like it it, it was so great and the crowd was and, so into it as well
2: yeah doing simple things uh like like i said uh the leg scissors man like
0: oh, the so cover, many... he's trying to get
2: loose yeah would, every time he tried to re- uh, i don't know what one to try to wiggle out this. yeah every fu- pu- fucking way at he could possibly get out couldn't actually find a way and when he finally does
0: the people popped dude they popped off an escape from a leg scissors cuz they worked the shit out of it like yes, there, it there's a amazing. difference between like you see it as such a common spot in matches almost like um like you yeah, have you the, the guy in the in the head scissors you try to get out once you try to get out twice and then you roll them over do the headstand pop out and you're out the third time yeah these guys worked that for like i want to say a good like 5 minutes like, at least <laughs> this was so good man uh-oh no no we're good uh so <laughs> i mean both guys just came across so so just well-rounded completely well-rounded there were so many ways this was like a throwback to like a lot of the 80s like all action all japan style kind of like matches or new japan style stuff other ways where it was really throwback to like the world of sport, like UK-style stuff, just some amazing... There was like, some lucha style almost yeah. stuff in there at point. Yeah. And like,
2: I, I was really impressed with... Uh, at one point, the one guy had uh, him in a hammer lock uh, from behind, of course, and then he did... He reached... The opponent reached behind, grabbed his head, did this, like, this where he lifted him up and then went back underneath his legs and then got him like, they kind of rolled around in a somersault, and then he was sitting on his face almost like in a teabag stance. It was, like, <laughs> so insane and impressive. Like, I can't believe they're doing this back yeah. then. And people were like, oh, slow down, kid. And some <laughs> of these, like,
0: the, the, the head scissors takeover spots as well. Like, I saw some so many, like, innovative head scissors. Like, because you remember, like, the classic, like, 80s babyface head scissors where you, like, jump up, do a little wave to the crowd, and then do, like, the, the head scissors takeover. You yeah. don't see that even anymore. Like, that's a great spot Dude. that more dudes should bring back. But I saw with the so mares. many. Oh, man. The snap mares toward the end,
2: when they were getting toward the end of the match, where he just literally snapped the guy and he took a hard back bump. It wasn't something where the guy slowly transitioned the guy to his butt. He literally snapped his neck, so he took a hard back bump.
0: Yeah. Man.
2: Someone needs to bring that back. It's probably pretty dangerous. That's probably why <laughs> they don't do that that way. But it looks fucking cool as hell.
0: Yeah. these guys are just both so good and I've um afterwards I was just so wowed by Shamu that um yeah I I, like researched into him um and and his his nickname that I came that I got from um google translate was Mm. the tiger of the fight now I I think it more accurately from like the the french stuff that I was reading probably more translates to like the uh professional wrestling tiger or tiger professional (laughs) wrestling but the tiger of the fight it's so much more badass
2: yeah i fucking love it and what i really appreciated about the match was when the momentum shifted it like like you generally felt like all right like this guy now has this match in control like i didn't know who was a babyface or a heel at really And during the whole match like when the one guy got control, I was like, hell yeah, I'm into this shit now. And like, I was easily like, captivated by both guys' offense. It, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Match, to match to that old and I was...
0: Captivated by it. a match from the fucking 60s. Like, people, and I,
2: I have oh. no attention span at all, dude. I watched this entire thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, they gave you enough to where like, you were just... There was no moments where you are just bored. Like The whole time, I was just like, watching it and being like, what the fuck's going to come next? And then like yeah. in addition to all these crazy head scissors, takeovers and innovative crazy shit, we just get like a million Hurricane Runners. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> uh let's say Frankensteiner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Frankensteiner all John the way. Frankensteiner might find out and them kick our ass. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um and then the the finishing sequence with this like just ridiculously complicated series of, like, roll-ups and, like, a roll-up of a roll-up and, like, the sunset and reverse in the sunset and then finally catches him. I think there was, like, a, a up and over and then he does something and then finally gets him. And the match kind of, like, cuts out before you actually get the three count, but I'm pretty sure that was, that was the three count.
2: Yeah, it felt like it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, just the pacing and everything. I couldn't put it over more. Guys, <laughs> check yeah. out... We'll, we'll...
2: We need to retweet it again because yep. I, I put it over last night and nobody seemed to watch it. So I'm like, I guess everyone's already seen this.
0: <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's probably a bit more of a hard bet for people to be like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that match from the early 60s from France that goes 30 minutes. It's in black and white. <laughs> yeah, I, but if they, if, they, if they take the time,
2: wow. You'll they be talk rewarded. about the hidden, the hidden gems on the WWE. This is a fucking hidden gem.
0: Yeah, I I watched some of their tag team stuff afterwards as well of um Cesca and Shamul working together and damn there's there's some amazing stuff there as well. Like there's a, a match where they'll work in these two um Peruvian dudes and it was just like uh such a throwback in in some ways. Like I saw some people like saying it was like there was like 90s Michinoku Pro kind of like influences. There was like 80s like southern heel Stick with like the two Peruvian heels, like really fucking working them over, and just in, a lot of insane high spots as well. Like, I I really want to deep dive into everything I can possibly find on Renee Benchimol.
2: Find me a good match or two, and I'm a, I'll, I'll pop them in.
0: Awesome. So yeah, that that was that was our our watchings, and I I had a really fun time watching wrestling this week. Before I'm gonna be imprisoned only watching the G1 for the foreseeable future
2: i got a big weekend coming up uh wrestling we got wet hot seattle summer uh that's going to be on friday night for 3 2, 1 uh we got a wax show uh on sunday and isn't that fight for the fallen on saturday
0: yeah yeah that's going to be our sunday and funny you mention that i had um like i have got my wrestling buddies you know who i watch wrestling with and then i've got like other friends that I like more you know we like the same kind of music like that kind of thing like non wrestling friends which I think it's very important for any wrestling fan to have to be honest um but like so these dudes uh, my buddies Faz and John um they haven't watched current wrestling in like forever right um i think they watched it like way back like the attitude era kind of thing but then just completely fell out of it. Don't really know anything about professional wrestling. Sometimes we'll talk a little bit about it, but they don't really care. Then they texted me and they said, oh, we're watching AEW right now. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, that's, that's like a testament to like, really like, you know, we hear about AEW, um, like getting back old lost fans. Like this actually happened. Like I had yeah. friends that don't even watch wrestling ask me what's going on with this AEW, and they're gonna come over and we're gonna watch the the fight for the fallen together. That's fucking impressive. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm enjoying their product. I, I thought there was some some hits and some misses on the last show, the Fighter Fest <laughs> one. <laughs> Damn librarians. Um. I mean, we're not going to do a full show review of that, obviously, but what what do you think? Good show in the middle show? You enjoy I enjoyed
2: it? the shit out of it. I honestly, when I watch a wrestling show, I expect to be entertained by the majority, but there's also going to be some shit that I don't really care for. So I <laughs> walked away. I spent my dollar, <laughs> watched it free, and enjoyed the shit out of it. No, really, it was great. And MJF? fucking was tremendous mm-hmm. so much good shit on the show uh yeah you can't say enough
0: dude and I, watched, and um, I watched mjf's post match press conference did you see this hmm. did you see this i have not i have oh, not oh well do yourself a favor after this show and just check it out and it's like all of the, the different people the um like actual journalists asking questions i enjoyed his post-match press conference more than I did any of his contributions to the actual show, and that is in no way an insult to his. Wrestling no, that just show. says how good it is. <laughs> yeah, awesome, so good. Uh, but yeah, like those top three matches, I, I really enjoyed every one of them. Um, there was some, some mixed bag stuff earlier in the show, but uh, overall, like, I thought it was a. If, if this is like an in between small show shit, like, damn.
2: Dude, uh, I just want to say real quick that I fucking love the women's three way. Oh And yeah, some guy, too. some guy said it was f- like it was that was a bosh fest, and I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, it was terrible, no good pacing. I'm like, what? All right, I'm not even, I can't, dude, I couldn't, I didn't further engage because at that point you're just like, well, you're clearly an idiot because yeah. that was great professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I love that. Like, um, it really it gave me. Uh, throwback to like those awesome matches with uh, with awesome Kong in uh, the early days of the the knockout division in TNA, and just those like really fun matches and like Gail Kim and like everyone just doing doing shit. Like I was I was very wowed by Nyla Rose after her not looking particularly like she did look fine on the previous show, but this was yeah. just a great spotlight for her. I think I was very impressed. Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear anyone um saying mean or, or bad things about Nyla Rose in the future, and and making out she's only booked for for certain reasons. When it's like, nah, man, she can actually wrestle.
2: Yeah, she pulled her weight.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And then obviously the craziness in the the main event. Good to see old classic John Moxley is back.
2: And Joey Janela, you're a madman. That elbow drop <laughs> sure was <up>. fucking ridiculous.
0: <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, I'm looking forward very much to this uh, next show. And I'm, I I don't think I've been this excited for a Young Bucks match in a long time, man. Young Buck against Rhodes Brothers.
2: Should be good. I, I, I can't see why it couldn't be.
0: Yeah, I'm interested. It's like quite a clash of styles, but like in a good way. I'm really excited to see how that match is going to look.
2: And uh, if someone who loved the run of Cody and Dustin when they were together in the WWE, I look forward to them tagging it.
0: Definitely. And uh, Seema and Kenny Omega is one of those, like, Fire Pro Dream matches. Um, I'm really down for that, hey.
2: How fast is that match going to be, dude?
0: (laughs) I think (laughs) it's going to be, like, creative because both of those guys, like, when, when they're doing their thing, they're two very creative wrestlers. So I'm, I'm,
1: Oh,
0: 100%. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. Anyway, this show has gotten a bit long in the tooth, so let's uh, throw to our interview again, listeners. Proceed at your own caution. It finally <laughs> happened. We got RJ. <laughs> we got him on. Yay. <laughs> uh, I get, let's just jump right in. Let's not do any preamble. Oh. Let's capture all of the magic. All right. This, this is, is the classic.
2: Go ahead, RJ.
1: Oh, I was going to say, this is like the classic start to every podcast where I go, G- are we on? And you're like, yeah, we started. <laughs> yeah. That's a very classic thing. We typically
2: do an intro, so let's do some semblance of an intro. Chris, go ahead.
0: I was going to throw this to you, my friend, because I normally do the intros, but uh, I feel like i will right. leave you out, you know? So why don't, why don't you do the intro?
2: I'm honored, truly. All right. Well, this is Grown Men Watch This Shit. And we have the long – man, I, I oversold how many times we tried to get you on the show. Uh, we have RJ City on the show, finally, ladies and gentlemen. A true renaissance man, uh, a hell of a persona on Twitter, former zombie. I think he was a, a viking of some sort at that time. So welcome to the show, sir.
1: Let's let's add some context uh, for the <laughs> listeners about our the history of our relationship. Because yes. you are one of those incredibly – odd people, where I don't know how to even pronounce your name on Twitter. And it's supposed
2: to be exactly like the stupid famous guy, James Vanderbeek, but to be a okay. parody,
0: I can't be exactly the same. Right. But you're, how did you're you do it in your head, a... may I ask? Like, in, in your mind.
1: Jameis? How... Jameis? I think I did Jameis. <laughs> I like um, it. And then, you know, you are such a... a, a... Yes, hello, Jameis. This whole your whole Twitter is such a parody that, you know, you always change your name, you always change your profile picture. That sometimes I forget it's you. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, and then I realize I didn't know nothing about the real you at all.
2: Well, RJ, I am Jeremy. This is my co-host Chris. We uh, are international wrestling fans. Yes. Uh, we met at Bola, and yeah, we just ended to do the say show.
1: That- uh, have we ever met? <laughs> I have yet to meet you, actually. <laughs> okay, good. Just people come up to me and they're like, hey, like, I met you. Uh, do you remember me from Twitter? And I'm like, who are you? And they're like, oh, uh, my profile picture is of a car. I'm like, <laughs>
2: okay. I have to, like, walk No, in I didn't. Like, I'm stupid James. Like, i try trying to... I, I have a bit of a following, but I don't think it's like that big a deal. So I try to undersell. I'm like I'm stupid James Vanderbeek on Twitter. They're like, oh,
1: okay, cool. yeah. Um, I will say though, Chris. Uh, now that we're talking on Skype and he called me, he's got a hell of a headshot as his profile
2: picture. Oh, beautiful man. <laughs> thank it's
1: you. It's very like a Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder type, but he's he's younger, and he's looking off into that future.
0: Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> what you. What were you pondering at the time, Chris? I actually uh, got that photo done as part of my um, my design course that I did like Hello. ages back. Hello. Hello. I think we lost Chris.
1: Oh, oh there he is.
0: I'm, I'm here. You got that photo done Link? Yeah, yeah, I got it Did as you... part of my design course. Ah, I see. I so see. it was like someone else's project and it was like let's do the most like wanky uh like like glamour shot type of like you know artist uh thing it's going to uh, just look as as wanky as possible. And so I thought why yeah. wouldn't I yes, put exactly. that as my profile picture?
1: You nailed it. It Thank looks you. like you uh you run a new media company. <laughs> 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 Um, Thank you. But, That's what I was uh, going
0: for.
1: Yes. Jameis, if I may, let's <laughs> yes. continue about our relationship because there was a we had a, a valley where for some reason I had unfollowed you. Yes. Ooh. And uh. and now it's likely now that I think about it, I probably didn't even realize it I was probably on a spree of unfollowing people and didn't even realize that you were you.
2: I am a little bit self-observed, so I always assume, well, it's because I tweet so much, someone's like I like puns enough,
1: but Jesus, give it a rest, friend. Right. Um, (laughs) And then you had reached out to me. Yeah. To say, I hope everything, I saw you unfollowed me. I hope everything is okay. And I honestly, genuinely had no recollection, because I certainly would have no problem telling you. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know what. And I was like, okay. So then I became more of a fan. Um, you know, can I tell you though? Your your Twitter has brought so much joy to me. Sometimes I play a game where I just look at the pictures and then mm. try to guess the actual uh, mashup of the names.
0: Oh, that's a good one. It, it's half the fun. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I first became
2: I first became knowledgeable of you by Jason Agnew putting you over so famously on his shows, uh, and you previously worked with him. Was it he on Splat a lot as well?
1: Now, uh, yes, a funny okay. story, an odd story. I first heard him on the radio when I was in eighth grade uh, doing his wrestling radio show. And that was my Agent first
2: Jason, Agent Jason, probably he doesn't want to hear that.
1: Yes. Uh, yes, he's 65. Um, and that was my first entry into, like, the, the online or the news critics of, this, of the business. Because at that point, I just loved all of wrestling. And he was really gate uh, gateway for me to hate everything. Wonderful. Um,
0: <laughs> Chris, you were cutting him? Go ahead. No, no, I wasn't cutting him. I was I was just saying how wonderful that is, uh, that that he took a beautiful thing and, and made you hate the world of wrestling. I love that. Oh,
2: and have oh, never yeah. with the Jason talkies. He can easily, even if you're enjoying wrestling, he finds something to nitpick and find it terrible about it. But it's like funny enough where you're not like, ugh, you complaining son of a bitch.
1: Nice. Right. Um, and then so years later, uh, out of university, I stumble onto this show called Splat-A-Lot. And if you are not familiar, it was, um, it was actually, Chris, it was on ABC, uh, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> um, a big deal so over here. the other ABC. It is What's a big that? deal over there. So I feel like, yeah, I hope my credibility has at least risen with you.
0: That's why uh, I watched Sesame Street yeah. as a child.
1: Yes, so we, it's, it was basically like a wipeout for kids, and all the defenders of the castle had, had gimmicks. So I, I was a Viking, and I would shoot things at kids and insult them. Uh, Dream gig. Dream yeah, gig. certainly. <laughs> Something that I was, looking back on it, uniquely suited for. Um, just in terms of, like, fast, general insults.
2: No, well, yeah, uh, I, I I felt the need to reach out to you when that unfollowing occurred because I, I look I admire you you're you're hilarious you're tw- I actually know more of you from Twitter than your wrestling actually I'll be completely honest and you just hilarious every all the content you put out I'm blowing hella smoke up your ass all the content you put out is pretty great. much highly retweeting shit you're fucking hysterical the promo video is seriously one of the funniest things I've ever seen I showed all my non wrestling fans they're like. Yeah, that's pretty much how they do it, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, identical.
1: Yeah, uh, that came from me... Oh, you're you referring to my series of motivational videos?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah,
1: that came from me uh, really, truly hating Gary V. I you... am not familiar. Okay, you you are, you just don't realize it. He's the ultimate, like, aggressive, motivational bro guy. Okay. Um, He's like Tony, he's the the current version of Tony Robbins. Um, so a lot of wrestlers blindly reach. I'm, I'm very bothered by blind positivity. <laughs> 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 because you're blind. It's, it's meaningless. It's nothing. It's positivity in the face of nothing. It's just, it's ignorant. It's just not evil. You know? I fall into um, that
2: trap every once in a while.
1: Yeah, and I have, and I've gone, you know, oh, all these people are doing this, like, let's buy The Secret, or let's listen to this guy and have them pick me up. And then I buy all their shit, and then I realize, like, this is fucking terrible. This is nothing. You're telling me nothing at all. Um, A lot
2: of words to say nothing.
1: Yes, literally a lot of, of, you know, fast, intense words. So, And that's literally what I did in my wrestling video. So I decided to do the wrestling version of that, the classic... The now classic kind of that Instagram square video where there's text on top, <laughs> um, which is such a disgusting looking video, but it was enjoyable to do. And, you know, these things, I don't think about writing them. They build up. Um, it, the hate bubbles inside me, and then it comes out in a video. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the next one will be, but there's some bubbling happening.
0: Inside into the process.
2: So, uh, man... Uh, I honestly am kind so, of stuck where to um, go now. You,
1: you, so you know,
0: what do you? So what else do you talk about? If I'm not on the show, what, what are you guys talking about? Uh,
2: Let's talk about you know, assorted
0: nonsense, show? dumbness, yeah, really. I mean,
2: one of the, one of our big concepts on the show, or one of our big segments, is actually, and one of the main reasons we want to have him on the is David Arquette. Watch we, we we love David Arquette. We every recently, episode <laughs> every episode we try to. At least touch base on his career in some sort sometimes you so have to
0: shoehorn some shit in but uh for the most part it's it's a great time <laughs> yes indeed
2: <laughs> so let's talk about let's not make it all about david but have that relationship flourish
1: oh my god he's rejected our, our, our question. um oddly enough from twitter uh he had a friend Uh, I guess a a writing friend of his who was a fan of mine and David was looking to get back into wrestling, I guess to tempt the devil again and then, you know, this guy said, David, you have to follow this guy so he followed me and then you know, I don't know if you know this but, you know, David's father was an actor his grandfather was an actor his great-grandparents so I tweet about a lot of old Hollywood shit on my Twitter in general and no one gets the references because, you know, most of the people who should get them are dead. Um, <laughs> but then David did. So he would, you know, respond to my tweets constantly. And I found it a little a little annoying. <clears throat> I, he wasn't adding anything <laughs> to the conversation. He wasn't moving it forward. And I felt like he was siphoning the popularity of my tweets, which is like a little rude. You know, because like, he the had the check mark and he was like, look at me and whatever. Um, so then I decided to call him out and i don't think he was prepared for it we certainly did not discuss it beforehand he was not in tune to the ways of wrestling and then he responded with a video and then i tweeted him back and then his sister rosanna got involved and she had no idea what was going on Um, so for a while it was it was as stupid as it was it was very real that's amazing
0: so good yeah, I um just actually finally watched that um that that first match. The first match of the big comeback uh in uh championship wrestling from Hollywood. And just the whole lead up to that, I remember it being great. And like the the, the promo stuff, obviously. But then like the actual match was so much better. That had any right to be, really. I mean, that was probably a bit of an insult to David because I know how much work that he put into this, but it just came across just so good. And, yeah, man, like, props to yourself for just the, the whole thing, really. Like, obviously making David uh, look fantastic, but David did his, his own bit as well, but I thought the whole thing just came off so great. I mean, were you just really happy with that overall? Um, first of all, ironically,
1: that match uh, happened, I think, a, uh, a year and five days ago, oh, uh, as we approached the anniversary. Um, so it was really, really weird, because he had, I guess to get an edge, he decided right before a match to go train in Mexico. Um, and in Mexico, with these gruff, gruff luchadors, he um, fractured three of his ribs. I remember this. Um, so that, the match I think is, is very good. I think it's even better when you consider that he has A, minimal training and B, three fractured ribs going into the match. Uh, so I had to, you know, there's a lot of stuff he was just not able to physically do because of that. And it was just, you know...
0: It's knowing crazy, that, but at that point, it's... with that in mind, I was—I'm quite concerned now. That spot just to start the match where you knocked him off of his plinth. He kind of landed right on his bloody on his side on those ribs. Dang, brutal RJ City. He's mean. Yeah, He's a yeah. A mean guy. Uh,
1: he went flying. It was such a joy to me because his <laughs> wife was there. His daughter was there, who I, who I met for the first time, you know, on the mic, insulting her. Uh, and then it was this thing where, like, it, it was, like, sold out or whatever. Deshawn Two Cents is there, which just Yeah, hilarious. front row.
0: Front row bathtub is right there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then it was, like,
1: you know, wrestling him was, like, we're going to just do this. So you have no idea really what the – it's one of those things where it's, like, you can talk all day about getting it, but you never know if the person is on the same level unless you're both, you know, in the ring. Yes. sure. Um, so once I, I hit him off that thing, which was A, very high, and I don't think you realized how wobbly <laughs> it was going to be while it was in the ring, and he went flying. I was like, well... Here we go. And then he had this weight belt with him. Why he had this weight belt, I'm not quite sure. He was doing some sort of statue of David David type thing. And yeah,
0: some sort of pose and deal. And I took it and
1: yeah. I, I, you know, I whipped him really, truly as hard as I could. And it made a sound so loud that it had startled me. <laughs> yeah. Once I whipped his back I just went, "Oh my, that was very very loud." <laughs> yeah. And then um at the very very end, he made a, you know, valiant effort. And at the very very end, I hit him with um I'm surprised at how tough he continues to be. Um at the finish, I he jumped and was felled by my finishing move, Knee Arthur. And uh Yeah, I hit him square in the face and immediately gave him a black eye, Um, (laughs) which was certainly good for my finishing move.
2: Yeah, some legitimacy. Um,
1: I don't think anyone will be making fun of me, Arthur, after that.
0: And we're back. My gosh, we we finally get RJ City on, and uh, we have technical difficulties. It's classic us. Apologies, bro. we're here? We're better now? Yeah, sounds better. Oh, oh, good. This is, yeah.
2: Well, the main reason I got you and wanted you on the show is because you have an affinity for comedy, of course, clearly. I love comedy, especially involved in wrestling when done right. Uh, I read of uh, a company that you got involved with, with that had like a zombie theme to it with like a narrative that actually makes sense in a zombie wrestling theme. So, really, I want to know what are your feelings about comedy and wrestling when it's done right
1: and uh, even when it's done bad? And uh, how about the criticism it gets as well? Uh, well, first of all, let me tell you how fucked up my life is. I don't know which zombie wrestling project you're referring to. <laughs> That's it's tremendous. tremendous. Multiple. <laughs> um I don't know if you, you gentlemen have heard of the the uh hardcore B movie Monster Brawl. Of course I I have. did hear about
2: that. I was talking about a different okay. thing, Yes, that looked fun. That sounded fun as
1: well. Yes, you you're thinking of zombie wrestling, where I was also uh the my my version of Finn Balor's D. Demon was Zombie Arthur, um, <laughs> and I was Sounds a, like a photoshop I Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was a walking Photoshop of yours, uh, which was a hoot. Oh, and a, wow. of course, only in that role I can be a straight. Yes, only in that role can I be a straight babyface. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the moment I really can get sympathy from the crowd in in that getup. Anything else, I have great difficulty. I think about comedy and wrestling. I think okay, yeah. this is my theory is that like wrestling is just really fucking stupid. Like, period. The it's whole thing, thing is dumb. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times, uh, when, when you look when you're able to look at it from the outside, outside the bubble, like wrestling is comedy, period. Like you can think of like your favorite match, and you can think of, you know, even if you go to like Steamboat Savage, WrestleMania 3. You still have this, just all this weird stuff. Like, Randy Savage is hilarious. Yes, entertaining, but also hilarious. Because they're, you know, unique and whatever. Do you actually Uh, to watch it
2: for yourself at all?
1: Yeah, I do. I like to watch... A lot of uh, I like weird things, and I love watching things I have not seen before. I try to dig up like weird, like fan cam house show stuff just to see what was going on. And it's interesting to me to watch like oh house show series between like Savage and Steamboat, for example, and you could see how they took the highlights of each of those matches to build a WrestleMania match and stuff like that. but what else do I watch? I like to watch just, like, obscure things, weird uh, indie matches, like when the one-man gang was in ECW two days, weird things like that. And I just like to go, why? Um, also, I love, like, anything Bobby Heenan.
0: I will just oh, eat yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris and
1: recently that's... came did this uh, French oh,
2: match. Can you
0: go
1: back? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But no, go ahead. You said French and now I'm interested.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this match that we watched for the
0: show, actually, between... Oh, who were the names of the guys? Rene... So it was oh, Rene, Rene, Rene ben Um And... I'll have to get, get the opponent, but pretty much anything that you can find that Rene ben uh does is just incredible. The tiger of the fight was the Honestly, most direct translation they, they the simplest mm.
2: stuff. To the, I, I retweeted last night if you want to check it out, but it, the simplest stuff worked to the biggest extent. Like the leg scissor spots, Chris, were fucking oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Like a oh, million hurricane Yeah. Yeah, hurricane <laughs> back then. But yeah,
0: it's, this is like it's early 60s. Season. It's it's the best. That, that's the kind of stuff that just gets me gone.
1: Ooh, that's fun. There's a thing I've been trying to track down any footage of is that Jack Benny and Jerry Lewis had some sort of comedy charity wrestling match on an actual wrestling show. I have that only happened. read about it. Read a- yeah, and it's old, old, old. Like, Jerry Lewis is, like, young. And I've just, I've read about it. I know Jerry Lewis and Merv Griffin did a thing where they teamed up against Andre the Giant. And there's a small clip of that. On YouTube, and if you've ever seen, I think it's Andre the Giant and holding either Jerry Lewis or Merv Griffin up above his head. That's where it's from. Um, But I think it was when Andre was in the AWA. All that stuff is very confusing. Um, But yeah, no, that stuff is awesome, and it also makes me. My other question is like, if you research the history of the business, uh, um. I'm pretty sure kayfabe was broken, like, in the 60s.
0: <laughs> oh, before that. Like, I'm reading <laughs> Luthez's right. book, and it's, like, the shit that went down in, like, the, the 30s and 20s. Like, that was when, really, the lid came off, and everyone thought it was going to go down the tubes. So anything since then, it's right. all <laughs>
2: Yeah, when I was watching that match with Renee, I was like, <laughs> I was like, how did people at all ever think this was a legitimate contest? Like, seriously. It's amazing. It's great to see, but come on fellas
0: but still in the ridiculousness of what they're doing it's approached with an authenticity in in the moment and i think that's oh a hundred percent if don't get
2: me wrong i definitely am not looking at it saying oh this is clearly hokey it looked legit and awesome it's just like i don't know the presentation and everything is like how did people not say oh yeah that's that's just entertainment
1: well i think the did And I think being in the business, um, you get sucked into this notion of K-Fabe. And I think for maybe the past 50 years, k has been working the boys more than it's been working the fans.
2: probably true.
1: Um, I think people just want to have fun. People attend way stupider shows and plays and concerts and shit. So I think they're okay with this not being real. Having said that, obviously, if it's based in realism, if it feels live and logical... it's all the better. Similarly to the way Saturday Night Live, used to feel really, truly live. Um, Mm. It's an exciting environment. That's an important thing to capture no matter what you're doing when you're like a live performer. But um, yeah, I, but I, I go back and I'm like, even as a kid, I knew, like when I would play wrestle with my brother, I would hit him and not hurt him. Like I understood that concept. You know,
2: oh, yeah, when you start play wrestling, you're like, oh, clearly I have to allow this person to pick me up in order to perform any right. of these maneuvers. Like, what the hell are we doing here?
1: Yes. So, you know, a rudimentary understanding of physics will tell you that wrestling is <laughs> not <laughs> real. So, you know, what you know, what are we doing with these ropes? The ropes were the giveaway. Well, had into we these, not had to hit trillions. the ropes. Oh, that that was the big mistake.
2: Uh, I, I think you would appreciate if you haven't checked it out yet. Uh, local company three two one battle. They, it's awesome wrestling plus a lot of good fun. I see a lot of that type of show popping up around like lots of local areas. Like freelance kind of started out that way. It definitely got a lot more serious. But what do you think of like the almost? Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, avant-garde type show mixed with a wrestling show.
0: Campy shtick and- wrestling, I guess.
1: But then my other. Thing is, wrestling is already campy shtick. So, like, just run. It's just with going it to the full extent. It. Yeah. Like, really. it's good. It's, this is totally fine. Um, I've been on shows that are like half burlesque, half wrestling. I've been on shows that are half comedy, half wrestling. Um, and it's totally fine. I think it's perfect. I mean, I feel like when I wrestle, what I do is so not r- wrestling <laughs> that, like, anything is fair game. Um, so, I enjoy exploring that and not doing the what people don't understand, like when you're on the Indies, you you see it is that like when w w e does something like just money in the bank, for example, great idea, amazing idea they've made a lot of money off and great storylines <laughs> off of and made people and whatever. The echo effect is that a million different Indies now insist on doing a way shittier version of a money in the bank,
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yes.
1: So there's got to be like, you know, five different promotions I wrestle for who all have their own money in the bank, whether it's like just a trophy or a brick or somebody just had a a ladder match. I was a show I was on in Detroit that had a flux capacitor that everyone (laughs) was trying to grab. We have a battle medallion Um, here. A battle medallion. Yes. Okay. So it's one of those things where I would just like to tell WWE, like, just so you know, guys, like, your stuff is great, but I I have to, because of your stuff, I have to deal with versions of it that are a thousand times worse. (laughs) Um, Because you know promoters think well if this is on tv and wb's doing well i can i can do this and then i will be doing well and that's yeah. not how it works you should take the road less traveled it's totally I was fine expecting
2: a million uh disneyland themed street fights this this weekend at all the the indie shows like oh disneyland theme fight street fight everyone bring your disney toys it's yeah every, anytime something happens in pop culture yeah. even like the, the guys have to make that part of the show the next week bottle cap challenge oh well there uh, was superhuman i yeah
1: um, Bird Box, that movie, uh, with Sandra Bullock. I heard, I heard like five different matches, like a Bird Box match, and I'm just blindfolded <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, what, what are we Yeah, doing? I remember
0: this, the Bird Box challenge invading wrestling.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's I really so appreciate weird. It so and it's such it a f- meta and self-referential to because honestly, it, a lot of wrestling fans, like our title of our show, like we're just not really taking the piss out of wrestling itself, just a lot of people try to think that we take it so seriously but really we don't it's something fun it's escapism and i I have a hard time yeah defending people who take it so damn seriously
1: yes it's it's very weird those people always forget that we're all going to be dead soon they're not aware of it (laughs) um holy shit i didn't think about that yeah sorry to remind everyone i just got struck with it too um you know Oh, I, I just said to a, f- a friend of mine yesterday, and now it's a thing I can't stop thinking about. One of the greatest moments of my day is as I'm waking up, there's like in the morning, there's like a minute and a half where I forgot about my problems. <laughs> 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 Has this happened to you where you're like, oh, there's just this small joy and I'm eight years old again. And then all of a sudden, I'm hit with it all at once. And
0: I go, "Oh yeah, I that's believe my that,
1: life." I forgot what I was.
0: I believe that um, that's like the basis of my alcoholism. So yeah, getcha.
1: <laughs> I just said I just said this, and I was like, "Well, now you can see how alcoholics drink to get to that place for like an hour or something." Yes. Indeed.
2: Um, I kind of oh feel that God. way. But when back I to leave, wrestling. I'm sorry. Job. Let's put death oh, on no. hold. We're a rambling show. That's the kind of avenues
1: we go down. Yeah, We now explore uh, mortality. Yes, but I had a point. I had a larger point I was making. Alright. <clears throat> um, we're we're now in the advent. It's the season of indie shows trying to name their show something heat or summer related, which is hilarious because uh. we're running out of fucking options. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: we got Wet Hot I Seattle suggested... Summer up here. Wet Hot Seattle yes. Summer
1: this weekend. I always wanted to call the show and I'm still pushing for it. And no indie has, has jumped on it. Call it some like it hot.
0: Ooh, <laughs>
1: yeah, great. I dig that. Yeah, I that That's great. something. Um, <clears throat> or I, I thought I could make a throw mama from the train reference and call it the the night was humid. Um, oh, what a good movie! <laughs> but then, so this is <clears throat> my other thing here is that, and what we're talking about is funny, but it. Comes from a genuine bewilderment at what they're seeing.
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like sometimes uh, when at the three-two-one battle, people just kind of are walking by and they they ram randomly stroll in and to see people who don't watch wrestling see this quirky, weird wrestling is probably my favorite part of going to those shows. Uh, and then also everyone just kind of treating it as improv. Everyone's kayfabing together. They're cheering the bad guys or booing the bad guys, cheering the, the good guys and just playing along. It's fucking amazing.
1: Yes, it's the same way like when you go to Pioneer Village. <laughs> you know? Yes. I know, listen, I know exactly what is going on here. I see that you're wearing New Balance shoes. <laughs> However... <laughs> for the sake of the greater good and for our children, I'm going to pretend that you were from the early 1800s. (laughs) Um, The last time I went, the last time I went, I I talked to a woman there. You're allowed to wear your own glasses because it's, you know, prescription. You can't make somebody who needs glasses wear some horrible glasses from the 1800s. You're allowed to wear your own Mm -hmm. shoes, but I think they have to be all like black on black. And then I got into an argument with a woman uh, because she was um, using the butter churner. And I said, Well, what else do you churn? And she said, You just churn butter. And I was like, Well, then why do you need to call it a butter churner? You should just be able to call it a churner, and everyone should know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she didn't ha- take it too well. Oh, dear. Yes. Total semantic. Yeah. I really I love
2: just it. insulted her profession. It reminds me of. Uh... And uh, the cable guy when you this there's, there's no silverware but you have Pepsi. It's so
1: great. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is a mo- while we're rambling. That is a-, a movie, and it was directed by Ben Affleck. No, uh, Ben Stiller. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yes, Ben Stiller. So my um, who also did Mystery Men.
0: And oh, I love Mystery two- Men.
1: Those two movies seemed to be making fun of things that we hadn't even gotten to yet. Like Mystery yes. Men made fun of the superhero movie long before we were regularly making a superhero movie.
2: That's so true. Good point.
1: Yeah obviously yeah. I think cable it's guys one, is one of those either. ones where you're like yes, but also in a way where I'm like, oh I see how like eighty percent of people didn't like this. Yeah it's so intense. Yeah. I don't fault pe- people who say they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> another movie
2: like that. Uh, have you checked out Death to Smoochie?
1: Oh yes. Oh yeah. Uh, and, a, and another one. This is the coup de grace of dark comedies. Is the King of Comedy? Oh, with De Niro. Yes, with De Niro and Sandra Bernhard and Jerry Lewis.
2: Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen that flick? Is, is he Speck or something? What's his name?
1: Um,
2: something. Uh, yeah, uh, Rupert like, Pumpkin. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's obsessed with one other comedian and ends up kidnapping and becomes famous because. Have you seen that, Chris?
0: No, if not. If not.
2: Dude, so good. It's so strange and amazing. Robert De Niro performance. Like people like don't think he can do comedy, mm, yes. but he has really a great comedic but intense scary role there
0: awesome i'll definitely be watching that
1: like all good comedy though it made you like really wait to be funny it makes you earn the funny and sometimes <clears throat> um like especially with comedy you cannot be funny all, all the time because the humor should be a deviation from the norm so if you don't establish the norm then like everything is just a total shit show um so that's one of those movies that that like earned the, like lulled you into forgetting that you, it was a comedy and then hitting you with the funny stuff.
2: All right. Before we have any more interruptions due to technical difficulties, I think we should <laughs> let Mr. RJ city have the rest of his evening. Is there anything you'd like to promote or plug sir? And again, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: You know, I'm usually in bed at eight thirty. It's, I don't even know what to do now oh, with these goodness. hours. Just look in... me up, type in my name. What? To get some sleepy time tea. Oh yes, that that I could do. Um, I like to plug stuff that I haven't done yet. So the opening of the Dom de Museum is first in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, I will be giving a live tours for the press and anyone who signs up on the VIP mailing list. And when I say mailing list, I mean the physical mailer, uh, not the email. Is that a shoot? No, I just. <laughs> <Okay. switched. laughs> That'll be, that'd be
0: the best gig ever. I love yeah. it. I yeah, was excited.
1: Um, it other than other than that, uh, well, I have business with David Arquette that I hate, and is ruining my life. <laughs> Me, the only think I can meet Laura Dern, I think that's a reasonable goal. Well, I'm mean, um, I'm trying. He's not a very good wingman, as you may have surmised. He should uh, be the
2: wingman to get uh, him on our show.
1: So, at some point. oh, it's. I would just suggest you just DMing him. Okay, um, I'll do it. He He's not that way. hard to get to. Believe right. me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the man, Other he... than that, yes, just Google my name and then follow what you like and don't follow what you don't like. That's the important thing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank oh, you. thank you. I'm happy we could, we could do this. It was yes. nice.
0: Yes, me too. I'd, I'd love to have you on again in the future when the, the connection is a, a little bit better.
1: Yes, not only the technical connection, but the emotional connection, I feel like, will be better now the second time. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hug.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, RJ City.
1: God bless you, everyone.
0: Godspeed. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right. I don't know. Um, I hope this connection will be better. I can
2: hear you fine. I, yeah. I honestly, not to bury RJ, but I think it <laughs> might have been on his
0: end. I just say it. I think there's a chance that might have been the case. Uh, but yeah, well, but hey, uh, we may do.
2: Yeah, I heard the majority of that conversation. I think.
0: Yeah, there was a good amount of time where I uh, just dropped out of the call completely, so I, I missed. Uh, Dude, I
2: carried the load there. I, I <laughs> you did.
0: I was like, then all of a sudden I saw you pop back on. I wonder if any of
2: that recorded.
0: No, it didn't. <laughs> oh, shit. there was a good conversation there. <laughs> it sounded good when I got back in and got recording. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
2: insert a technical difficulties portion there.
0: Yeah, yeah, fuck. Oh, oh good. I've got the um, the technical difficulties music fired up and ready to go. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, listen at your own peril. Yes. Well,
2: RJ. Uh... Uh, the parts that we did here were great. Honestly, hes if you guys don't know him or, or don't follow him, he's hilarious on Twitter. I know promoting a wrestler for his tweeting is probably kind of weird, but I'm a big fan of his account.
1: How uh,
0: 2019 fun, is that?
2: I know. Isn't that <laughs> Honestly, a lot of the relationships I've built on Twitter with wrestlers, I've seen or interacted with them on Twitter more than I've actually even seen them wrestle. Some of them I've never seen wrestle at all. And it's no fault on their work. I just like them as people. I don't think I need to watch every single wrestler.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair.
2: Yeah. I've never seen you work, buddy, and I, I like you. Ah, Is there any footage of Chris Bryan that we could possibly tweet from the account so that people can enjoy oh, your, oh, your there cracklings?
0: Are, there are some uh, some relics of uh, wild Joe Hayes from back in the day. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll upload a match with Combat Wombat. On oh, I love it! Combat <laughs> Wombat—that's
2: the name of a beer up here now, and I—I popped so huge when I saw it. I'm like, I need to buy this beer.
0: Oh, Combat Wombat is a national treasure of Australian wrestling, right, man?
2: Speaking of Australian wrestling, did mm-hmm. uh, you just see that Caveman Ugg got announced for PWG Battle oh, of Los Angeles.
0: I haven't even been on Twitter today, but dang, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? The other guy from
2: Australia. I saw Mick Moretti. Uh,
0: something. Mick Moretti. Mick Moretti. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's great man. Um, yeah, I remember we, uh, were you there when we were catching up with him at, at Hooters? Uh, I think I did chat for,
2: I was there for a second, but I didn't know who he was at the time, of course. Right, the
0: Rapscallion, Mick Moretti. Yeah, Because he
2: looked quite different than the imagery that is popular of him with his crazy ass hair and black eye makeup.
0: I think that was the one chat that I was having with him at Hooters. I was like, please tell me why you shaved off your amazing hair. And he was basically <laughs> telling me how that, uh, you know, sometimes real life gets in the way and you just can't have a balding, you know, long hair in everyday life.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just imagine <laughs> walking around like, uh, what are you doing, bro? Um, yeah, this is my hair.
0: No worries. No worries. Dude, my
2: favorite part of uh, the interview with RJ was him burying or taking time to still bury david that was so
0: <laughs> that was great i like before we worked out how bad the connection was when we first asked about david and then there was a good like 20 second delay like oh no yes! you broke the one <laughs> yes. rule you don't yeah. ask rj about david I <laughs> yeah. it's like you probably
2: always hear about this guy and then we ask him like oh shit Uh, He didn't care for that question at all. Oh,
0: fuck, another podcast asking about David. No one wants to know about RJ. They all just want to ask me about David. (laughs) Uh,
2: Tim, uh, good Tim Teresi, you know him from PWG Fandom. He has been predicting a lot of the people that has been getting announced for BOLA. And he uh, mentioned one Slex, who I'm not familiar with, but another, I guess, Australian talent. What can you tell me about Slex?
0: Shit, has Slex been announced or has he just rumored?
2: He's Tim is saying that if another Australian guy got announced, it would have to be Slex. Is basically what he's saying.
0: Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, Slex is. How can I say this without insulting him? I'll just do it. I'll oh, just Lord. bury people. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't need to bury him. So Slex is a dude that's been around and been really good in Australia for like forever, right? He's one of the main TMDK guys. Um, you, you can't really fault his work. Like, he's he's a great wrestler uh
2: tmdk is like the nwo at this point
0: now yeah pretty much members they got we need the tmdk b team that's that's what we need <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean slex's uh thing like he, he comes to the ring he's got the big like uh charismatic attitude. he's got the glasses got the jacket all that stuff he had the big match with uh okada last year that i, I think was generally quite re- well received um uh but yeah there's uh I don't know, like maybe a bit of a disconnect from that charisma that you see outside of the ring and on his entrance and then when the actual bell goes. Um, hmm. But I, I don't know. I would be excited to see him get the opportunity overseas because uh, he has done a little bit of stuff in NOAA uh, that I know of. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's very solid in the ring and, like, so far above most Australians. So I guess that's that's a nice little compliment for him there if he were to be on something like Bowler.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, Bola's actually shaping up pretty nice. The first announced uh, entrant was A-Kid, which uh, he's from Italy, correct?
0: Yeah, that's a great, great first name, really. Like, that's the exact kind of guy that I would want to see on this year's Bola. Um, it's dude, so dude. fresh this year, man. Yeah, that's what we ne- I mean, yet yeah, last year's was fresh. That was kind of the big thing of last year, getting away from just all of the big indie superstars. But now this year is a another step into more freshness.
2: Yes, we got Jonathan Gresham as the second announcement, which is awesome. He's doing some great shit at PWG. But then I was I popped huge for this when they announced Defy Champion won Artemis Spencer. Yeah, that was a bit out of left Bola. field, wasn't it? I actually I wasn't shocked because he did uh, make a you know got some people's attention when he went over to Progress. Jim's a big fan. I'm I'm sure people speak highly of his work. Uh, Jeff Cobb probably puts him over too. So. I am not shocked. It's still amazing and surprised to hear it. But, man, Artie is so good. He is in the ring, like, technically gifted, does all the awesome fucking, does some pretty cool high-flying shit, uh, spiral tap he does. So I am super excited for Artie. I'm actually curious to see, uh, they announced the Defy GX tournament. I don't know if you
0: saw the bracket for that. Yeah, yeah that's the one where they're even... using Tama, right?
2: Yeah, they'll have him in the weekend, but he's not in the actual tournament.
0: Unfortunately. Oh, I remember seeing his face on the poster. I hate Tama Tonga. I'm just going to put that out there. Hate. All right,
2: I need to hear some <laughs> qualifications. I don't think you need to elaborate too much, but give me one reason you just don't just, like the guy.
0: No, I I think he's. Yeah, I love his like ridiculous Twitter persona, um, and I I like uh, some of his tag stuff, but there's some bit where it's sometimes I'm just like watching a Tama Tonga match in New Japan, or even sometimes a Gorillas match in New Japan, and I'm just, like, fucking hating everything about it.
2: Just don't give a fuck about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's me. Like, we were at the, the, the Melbourne New, New Japan show last week, and, like, Ben and I just fucking could not stand... The, the gorillas and the whole shtick and everything. And we were just like so unhappy. And then a guy <laughs> next, I think we were just like at the point of like booing and just like, ah, and then the guy next to us was like, come on, man, how can you hate Tama? And I just turned and deadpan stared at him in silence for the next 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But they were very uh, over for the rest of the crowd. So apparently some people like their stuff. I I don't hate it.
2: but you know me man. There's hard for me to dislike a wrestler. For the most part I like everybody unless they just when they walk into the ring and like I just don't give a fuck. Uh the oh. only wrestler mm. that springs to mind is Titus O'Neil. I just can't give a fuck about this guy. Until <laughs> he got part of the uh well, Titus Worldwide was entertaining for a bit, but I can't I don't give a fuck about seeing him wrestle. I d I don't need to see that. I
0: like that he sounds like he's a good dad. I like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He seems like a fucking decent chap.
0: Yeah, he yeah, seems uh, like a good dude. We just don't need to see him wrestle, I guess.
2: Another Pacific Northwest native, Darby Allen, got announced.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Mick Moretti, as we've spoken about. Orange Cassidy, Bandito, and then Caveman Ugg got announced today.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, you, we were spoken about him one time on the show, about how he essentially does like Caveman Barbereros. Yeah, gimmick. yeah,
0: Kavanaria Barber. Barber yeah, there Daria. you go. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. um... He yeah, but he he does it in his own way, and and he really just makes the most out of everything. He's like one of the most solid guys on a, Australian Indies, to be honest. I'm big fan Think of you throw um, him. In the tournament? Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> probably first round <laughs> em, elimination, but I don't know. They could surprise us, like when. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I hate to say it. But, and, I, and I'm big into the freshness, but I'm not as excited this year about Bola as I was last year. Is that bad of me? Is, is that like, do you get what I kind of mean? I don't know. No,
2: <laughs> well, we have seen a lot of great tournaments the last couple of years, so I can I can see a fatigue, especially with the names are really fresh. It, 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 there's no big, big, huge name that's been announced so far, but... We still have quite a few entrants to come down yeah. the line, Chris. Don't be this so pessimistic. This is true.
0: This is true. I'm, I'm, this is like you don't want to give all of your marbles away to start with. You know, you you want to lead up to the big announcements. And we've got some pretty big ones so far. I mean, Bandito is a pretty huge name.
2: What are your chances? Do you think uh, Chris Brooks being involved?
0: I could see that. I could definitely see that with all the stuff he's been doing with DDT. He's kind of like a big name that's blown up at the moment.
2: I I would be quite fond of that occurring because i regardless if you are going I, I think i have made a decision to join the steel cage guys and head on down to los angeles
0: nice of. you know what's going to really dep- determine whether i go or not how the uh, uh roller derby again no no how the blood sport show in new jersey shapes up like to me that's going to be the live or die of whether i make the trip or not uh, whether hmm. we just get some insane match with like Ken Shamrock or something on that blood sport show. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to blood sport. And then I guess I might as well go to bowler while I'm at it.
2: Wouldn't it be Ken and Josh probably if you thought that happened?
0: Oh, damn. Well, uh, any, uh, like, you know, throw dudes like, uh, uh, you know, obviously Minoru Suzuki, but like Hideki Suzuki, Oh, if they oh. could bring over like a Masakatsu Funaki, something like that. Holy shit! Shit, just just bring over, get get a uh, guess, ba- bus Bruton back in that ring, you know? <laughs> <is a> <laughs> holy shit! Oh no, I, I love that style of wrestling. So depending on how that looks, that's what maybe might get me over. At the moment, I'm sort of leaning a bit to the the not. Cause I do have that trip to Japan coming up in, uh, in November. So we'll see how we go, but uh, let's Grappling, see. Grappling, a.k.a. Murder Hugging. I like it. Murder Hugging. <laughs> Murder Hugging. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's shut this baby down. Let's get some, uh, some plug skis in. Uh, yes, what, uh, what do you got for me, fam?
2: Uh, I've got me, at James Vanderbeek, on both the Twitter and Instagram, at J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. So hit me up if you want to say hi. If you want to make a joke, I'll I'll laugh with you. Uh, If you need a shirt design, hit me up as well. Uh, For cool shit I want to plug, I want to plug, um, did I, what did I plug last time? Did I plug Good Omens, the show?
0: I saw it last time you plugged that, um, awesome... Album, wasn't All right, oh,
2: possibly. Damn it.
0: Uh, well, I'm gonna We really need to show. create a, a log here of our cool no, shit that's know. been fucked.
2: <laughs> we just need to be more uh, congruent with our timeline and actually remember shit. Um, great word. Yeah, congruent. Commit... Yes, yeah, sorry. I
0: didn't pull those big words out of my ass. But honestly, great, you know, great so word for I'm a, a Latino there, Jeremy. <laughs> <Great> <laughs> <word>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh no what one's, one's gonna get that reference but i, I oh, think it's beautiful good. <laughs> good one dude
2: uh yeah good omens on amazon it's a great show about the end of the world and the antichrist and quite entertaining
0: awesome um i am gonna give thanks to our friends over at social suplex uh we always appreciate them uh putting this whole podcast network thing together a lot of workers involved in such a thing uh other great shows you can find on there the one nation radio ricky and clive wrestling show the all elite show as well as keeping it strong style uh with other jeremy and josh which i was actually a uh, a part of on the last week's episode. So that was that was quite a bit of fun being part of the you other bits network. Of, of course, I did. I even like put over your uh, your Twitter. You weren't even there, and I put over your Twitter. Beautiful, thanks, buddy. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all of that over at socialsuplex.com. dot com. Follow me on the Twitter. Follow us on the Twitter at Grown uh, Follow me at Chris Things and at Chris Things on the Instagram for all of the sick wrestling art stuff. Uh, I'm going to get some more stuff up there. It's been a little while since I've, since I've posted. So there will be some more great, fresh content coming soon. So keep your eyes peeled and uh, buy some prints and shit off me. Do it. Send me a yeah. DM. Boom. Okay. Yeah. All right, All right, well, right buddy. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, bearing with us through some of those technical difficulties that we had uh, earlier on uh today we'll see
2: i just hope people like laugh because when it started getting bad at other times i started laughing in my head on how i kept saying oh my god i can't believe this happened oh, oh god oh, oh god <laughs> <laughs> so and i hope you as well got a little bit of a uh, a smirk or a little
0: a little giggle from that i'll see what i can do to clean it up it may end up just being like 10 seconds oh. of interview content that'll be it <laughs> <laughs> don't sweat it we'll get
2: you a few ladies and germs and thanks for
0: joining us thanks guys <laughs>